the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 388 for November 10th, 2013. BlackBerry dumps their CEO, Verizon announces its own branded Ellipsis tablet, and Google brings push notifications to its iOS application. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application. Available now for Android, the iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, in a rather bold move this week, BlackBerry has changed its direction and is no longer seeking the sale of the company. According to reports from the Globe and Mail, BlackBerry decided to instead get rid of its CEO, Torsten Hines, also replacing several board members in the process, along with raising $1 billion in capital through bond sales. In a press release sent out on Monday, BlackBerry announcing they have entered into this $1 billion investment agreement with Fairfax Financial and other investors. BlackBerry concluded their review of strategic alternatives and will be making other changes to the board. John S. Chen is appointed the executive chair and interim CEO, while Fairfax CEO Prem Watsa is appointed the lead director. Current BlackBerry CEO Torsten Hines will step down. Uh, he has already done so. That happened at the end of the day this past Monday. And then within hours, CEO John Chen said the company has no plans to shutter the smartphone business unit. According to Chen, he says, I know we have enough ingredients to build a long-term sustainable business. I've done this before and seen the same movie before. Now, this is very interesting because as we had been talking about for many weeks and many months, the BlackBerry kind of trajectory was going to be that they were going to sell off the company or sell off parts of the company and try and figure out something to do. And if you remember from back in late September, Fairfax Financial had made a bid for $4.7 billion for BlackBerry and uh, we kind of all thought that's what was going to be happening. They had until this past Monday to make the decision on what they were going to do. And this is where we land. They do none of that and they just get rid of uh, the CEO and take a billion dollars. Well, and some of the critics of BlackBerry, you know, even going to Thorsten Hines was that he wasn't different enough. He was somebody who worked at BlackBerry in upper management for a number of years and wasn't going to be drastic enough of a change uh, to dig BlackBerry out of the hole they, they, they were in. I mean, he's made some improvements and they've got BlackBerry 10 out the door, but it was late. It, it, it was still missing features. It didn't, you know, blend in with the old BlackBerry Enterprise server. So basically it alienated all existing users. You know, BBM just launched for iOS, but you can only have one, one device. Uh, there, there's a, just a whole bunch of failures that really kind of doesn't make sense still. So, uh, you know, this probably is a good mood for him because, you know, Thorsten Hines did not seem to have the energy or the, the, the change that they really needed. I don't know what the timeline is going to be for Chen. I don't know what interim means, if that means just for six months until they find someone or if it's going to be until a certain metric is met or something like that. But I would imagine at some point there's going to be there's going to be things that he's going to have to do in order to make sure that he continues in his position. A uh, billion dollars, I'm sure they can run through that in what, a year or something like that. I mean, it's not all that that much money. Unfortunately, when you think about how big of a company they are, uh, more changes, I'm sure, are around the corner for them. We'll see what happens with this as he's says he thinks there's still the right ingredients for a long-term sustainable business on the smartphone side so uh, we'll just uh, have to wait and see what that actually means but pretty big news starting off the week well the latest smartphone platform and oem numbers are out android of course maintaining its lead at the top nearly 52 percent of all u.s smartphones are now running android holding steady in that position they beat out second placed apple who inched up slightly to 40.6 percent uh, that period of course uh, was the period ending 
this past October. BlackBerry and Windows are both with less than 4%, so it's really not um, not much to talk about there. On the OEM side, though, Apple's still in the lead, just over 40% there as well. Uh, Samsung remains second at 25%, HTC and Motorola follow at 7% each. LG in the fifth place spot with 6.5%. BlackBerry not even on the list. AT&T on Wednesday expanding its LTE L, uh, 4G footprint to 14 additional markets around the country. The new markets include, uh, among others, Fair, uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, Peoria, Illinois, Des Moines, Iowa, St. Cloud, Minnesota, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and Winchester, Virginia. According to AT&T, it now offers LTE in 461 total markets. That covers more than 250 million pops. AT&T said this week that it's begun to repurpose its 1900 megahertz PCS spectrum to help performance of its LTE network. GigaOM reporting that AT&T is operating LTE in a 5 megahertz by 5 megahertz slice of airwaves in its PCS band in New York City, where they had previously been used for the PCS uh, services of GSM and HSPA. In addition to refarming some of the existing spectrum, AT&T already adding LTE support in the PCS band to a number of its devices, including the iPhone 5S and 5C, iPad Air and Mini, and the Nexus 5. The additional addition of LTE availability won't increase speeds on AT&T's network, but will offer more capacity in the markets where it's needed. Uh, more than a year ago, AT&T said that it would be shuttering its GSM and Edge network entirely by 2017 and then reuse the spectrum at that time for faster networks. Well, since the release of the Nexus 7 three months ago, there's been little information about when the 7 would be arriving on Verizon's LTE network. Verizon's still refusing to activate the device now, uh, but the company now blaming Google and device manufacturer Asus for the delay in getting the tablet certified. Verizon told Android police that after uh, a systems issue during the certification process, Google and Asus uh, actually asked the cellular carrier not to certify the tablet for Verizon LTE until an update to Android 4.4 could arrive. Now, I looked into this a little bit this week, and it appears that some people actually are getting the device to work on Verizon. The issue is getting uh, SIM cards to be activated in the device. So if you already have an active SIM, some people are reporting that they're able to take that SIM uh, and uh, put it into the Nexus 7, and it is working. So your mileage may vary, of course, depending on where you are, the type of network that's being used, uh, among other things. Sprint on Thursday announcing the Sprint Phone Connect system, a service that uses Sprint's cellular network to provide phone service that replaces traditional home and office phones. Customers can get two home phones for $50 with a new line of service. The service offers unlimited local and domestic long-distance calling for only $20 a month. AT&T and Verizon offer similar offerings. T-Mobile on Tuesday reporting that it had a net gain of more than a million customers in the third quarter this year, capping by it off with a net gain of uh, 643,000 postpaid subscribers. The subscriber additions helped T-Mobile post quarterly revenue of $6.7 billion that beat investor estimates of $6.56 billion. According to T-Mobile, iPhone sales accounted for almost 550,000 units or 10% of its total 5.6 million smartphone sales, including prepaid and Metro PCS branded devices. Also noting that around 15% of the carrier's postpaid smartphone sales are now under its own brand, which is down from approximately 950,000 last quarter. T-Mobile said uh, that its shares rose by nearly 7% uh, as well, along with the news here. T-Mobile also announcing they had taken the Metro PCS brand uh, and made it available in 15 more markets beginning uh, this coming week. The announcement purchasing uh, pushes excuse me, the overall total to 45 markets rather than operating the Metro 
MetroPCS on, on that network, the new MetroPCS customers will be using devices actually running on T-Mobile's GSM and HSPA Plus network. If you're in uh, one of the following markets, you could be able to do this, including Phoenix and Tucson, Arizona, Denver, Colorado, Louisville, Kentucky, Cincinnati, Ohio, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, in addition, T-Mobile says that all of the markets will have access to the LTE network by the end of the year. Well, it seems like their uncarrier strategy could be paying off here for them. I, I know it's probably costing them some extra money to uh, be doing this stuff, but uh, it may be working here. And especially with this uh, release of Nexus 5, I just can't, can't imagine uh, that not helping them just drastically to have that cheaper cost of service with the $349 out-of-contract price of the Nexus 5, which my friend did receive actually on Thursday this week. So he received it he, not in three weeks. It was like three days. Wow, that's amazing. So that's an interesting uh, thing because I know they are showing some pretty major delays here with ordering this thing. And uh, so it is, it's nice to see that they're coming in uh, you know, ahead of schedule or ahead of expectation. So that's great. Uh, and you, you make a good point here that the obviously the, the lower prices that they offer, a lot of the different things that they're letting customers do, you, the new iPad Air, they're offering 200 megabytes free service with this thing when you, when you get it, uh, if you decide to buy theirs. And so there's, yeah, there's all sorts of interesting things. Free uh, national, uh, international roaming to us uh, in 100 countries or whatever is so yeah some great stuff from uh, t-mobile here no wonder they're uh, seeing a lot of subscribers switch over to them exactly and of course you know bringing your device or you buying an old used one whatever you know if you if you are you know money conscious you can run a slightly old device save a lot of money on the device itself and then save money every month but if you're somebody that likes the flagship devices you can run those and that's you've got the flexibility to put whatever you want on I've got my. I've been really thinking about this here. I mean, I'm a year into a Verizon contract. Uh, you know, I'm kind of uh, apathetic about things like this sometimes, and so I'll just kind of sit on it. But at some point, it may make sense to switch over to T-Mobile. The only thing that, uh, of course, I always worry about is the coverage and uh, you know just what's going on with that. Um, but uh, you know, just for what it's worth, you know, being what has it been six months, I suppose now up in the Bay Area, and it's it's amazing just what a different experience Verizon has been up here for me in, in a bad way, to be honest. It's just it there's a lot more areas that i find myself in 3g or even 1x service i mean every single day i see 1x at some point or another um you know certain areas around palo alto it's just non-existent service or just zero data it's 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 really really frustrating so uh and i and i know it's it's not like this everywhere and it's it's just one of those things you know the advice we always give you're the 90 percent thing right if it phone works where you live where you work and the places where you commute, you're going to be happy. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not there right now. And so it's probably time for me to take a little dose of my own advice here and maybe make a switch. So my friend that did get the Nexus 5, he switched to, uh, what is it, AO Wireless, the AT&T uh, MVNO that's going away soon. Um, he switched to that and has much, much, much better coverage in his house. It, he actually has coverage in his house versus Virgin Mobile that had nothing. He, he had no service whatsoever. And so far, he's been really happy with, with additional coverage he did not have, even around the Twin Cities here. Uh, and his experience with Virgin Mobile mirrors the, the other people I know that still have Sprint and they're, they're just majorly downhill here in this market so uh you know some people this can be a, a big thing to either switch t-mobile or some of these other prepaid uh, carriers available yeah i think that most of the you know most of the issues that people run into are are largely uh largely things that they're 
that you're never going to get away from uh, if you are switching from or if you stay with that carrier in the area that you're with. I would love to say that, you know, there's, you know, give a time and it's going to change and stuff like that. But a lot of times it's just you're just stuck with what it is. So you just you have to be you know proactive about it and just say, hey, you know, if I'm going to be happy with this, I'm going to have to make a change. The one thing that I will say, though, is that with T-Mobile, you're having to deal with um, individual plans, right, for when you go and get if you've got multiple lines for families or whatever. And so you have to keep that in mind if you're deciding to go with multiple smartphones and tablets and sharing data and stuff like that. You can't just you know, say, well, it's only 50 bucks a month. It's only 60 bucks a month. Okay. You know, right now I've got two tablet lines or excuse me, two smartphone lines and a tablet and it's uh, 150 bucks a month or something like that for eight gigs shared, you know, versus whatever you get with, uh, with T-Mobile, you can choose, you know, the two and a half gigs or five gigs, I think it is. And, and it's going to get you up there pretty quick if you're looking to, to do that as well. So it, it's, it's, it could save you money, especially if it's just an individual line, but you just keep all those factors in mind as you're trying to make a decision here. And of course, whether or not the service is going to work or not. So um, I, I have, uh, for what it's worth, I do have uh, not one, but two T-Mobile SIMs that I got in this week. Uh, one is a nano, one is a micro, because I don't know what device I want to use it in. Uh, but if I decide to test it out, I've got two different sizes of SIMs that I can I can, uh, I can throw in there and, and see what happens, depending on what I get. So uh, we're, I'm starting to think about it here. But again, the apathy is, uh, is pretty heavy these days. So we'll see how long it takes me to actually make a change. Finally, in uh, news here, we've got uh, UK LTE network operator EE announcing it has partnered with Huawei to bring data speeds of up to 300 megabits per second to London's tech city as part of an LTE advanced trial. The trial will kick off in December in conjunction with businesses in Tech City, an area east of East London, home to many high-tech organizations. Customers won't be able to get faster data speeds directly on devices until mid-2014. Instead, the trial will begin using a Huawei Cat6 Wi-Fi hotspot, which will provide access over an 802.11ac connection. To achieve such high speed uh, high speeds, EE says it's paired 20 megahertz of 1800 megahertz spectrum with 20 megahertz of 2.6 gigahertz spectrum obtained in the recent 4G spectrum auction. Uh, the EE 300 megabit per second trial is due to be extended to other parts of London in 2014. In device news, AT&T on Monday announcing the availability of the Samsung Galaxy S4 Zoom. The Zoom features a 16 megapixel CMOS sensor with 10x optical zoom, xenon flash, and optical image stabilization. Yes, basically it is a camera that's got a phone attached to it. The Zoom has camera software called Zoom Ring, which Samsung says can be used to launch certain camera features uh, such as sharing a picture while on a phone call. Beyond the camera, the Zoom runs Android 4.2 Jellybean, has a 4.3-inch QHD display with a dual-core 1.5 gigahertz processor. Of course, Wi-Fi, NFC, GPS, Bluetooth, and LTE are all built in. AT&T is offering the GS4 Zoom for $200 with a new two-year contract or $25 a month with the AT&T Next Upgrade program. It will be available beginning November 8th. AT&T is also offering a free Galaxy Tab tablet to GS4 Zoom buyers with a separate data plan or a $100 promotional gift card to customers who trade in old cell phones. Verizon this week announcing it's selling its own branded tablet under the Ellipsis 7 name. It's an Android tablet that looks like a Nexus 7 or a Kindle Fire HDX. The Ellipsis 7 has a 1080 by 800 7-inch IPS display, LTE, 8 gigs of onboard storage, 1 gig of RAM, and an unspecified 1.2 gigahertz quad-core processor. The carrier says it will go on sale uh, this week and it will be $250 off contract, which makes it a bit more uh, than the Nexus 7, which starts at $230 directly from Google. T-Mobile on 
Friday announcing the 16 gig Google Nexus 5 available directly from the carrier beginning on November 14th and in stores starting on November 20th. T-Mobile is asking for a down payment of $42 followed by 24 monthly payments of $17 for a total of $449 when it's all said and done. Google sells the T-Mobile compatible Nexus 5 directly for $349 for the same 16 gig model. And I saw that a statement uh, put out by T-Mobile this week said that, that Google charges them more than, uh, you know, whatever the, the margin is. They they cannot sell it for three fifty. dollars uh, You know, they probably would love to sell it for that price, but uh, Google seems to be subsidizing the price for the Google Play Store. Yeah, and that's I think that's something that we all kind of assumed because why would everybody else be able to sell uh, these devices at six fifty and get away with it, and they can come in at, at uh, you know three fifty? Um, you know, you typically when you talk about retail, there's you know the hundred percent markup thing. So if you look at you know kind of a, a, a bottom end device, I guess we'll call it, or a baseline smartphone that's six hundred and fifty dollars off contract, uh, that's probably costing them somewhere in the neighborhood of three hundred to three hundred twenty five dollars to make. And if Google's selling them for six hundred and fifty bucks, they're either making no money on it and assuming that they're going to make it up in either the app sales or of course you know video or other sort of media that they're uh, selling along with it to customers um, or they're just wanting to make sure that this thing gets into hands of people so that they can further the ecosystem and they can subsidize it a little bit uh, you know through some of their other businesses so either way um, yes $449 is what you'll pay if you get it through one of the carriers of course you can uh, you know take your chances and order it through Google's store directly and deal with it there and uh, save a few bucks in that regard in the software news this week Google on Tuesday updated its Google search application for Apple's iOS platform, adding new features. First, the ability to perform voice-based searches with the OK Google search prompt. The Google Now functionality of the app now offers improved notifications for events like upcoming calendar appointments or travel changes. It offers new reminders for tasks as well as entertainment reminders for new albums, movies, and articles containing a user's favorite artists. Google Now includes more cards for organizing tickets and boarding passes. Lastly, the homepage is now simplified and includes new gestures for discarding unwanted content. Google search requires iOS 6 and up, and the iPhone 4s and up as far as the hardware is concerned now i was uh, i was excited to see this in fact i had it uh actually do something for me for the first time here this week which was um i had put on a, an appointment on my calendar and uh it was something that i i had set it up so that of course i had the address in the subject line and so i got a push notification from the application that would that came i don't it was a random amount of time it was like 23 minutes before the actual appointment and said if you want to get to this appointment on time you need to leave right now which i thought was kind of a neat thing it, it basically what this has done now is it's kind of put together a um an application that is on par with what's being used on the android side it's not as easy to get over to with a single swipe or something but if you put it in the right spot on your device you can uh you know, you can you can make it work. So I'm looking at it right now, and I know it does work because uh, I was I was trying it earlier. All you have to say is OK Google, and there you go. You heard the beep. That's uh, it. Set it up. It's ready to go. It's it's pretty amazing where it just sits and listens in the background, and uh, so it's it's pretty 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 good update here. We had a question this week actually about it too. Someone was asking when it was going to be updated, and uh, of course I responded to him right away when the news came out. So great news here. It's uh, it's back. It's here now, and uh, you can get your notifications pushed out to you. So that's great news. Also this week, Google updating uh, its Google Drive app for iOS. New features include support for multiple accounts, single sign-on support for other Google apps, and cloud print and AirPrint support. The app 
has been redesigned as well for iOS 7. It is a free download. Google this week uh, updating or making and making available several of applications uh, for Android, starting with text-to-speech engine. The latest version of Google Keyboard also uh, gets updated and getting rid of the blue halo trail, simplifying the mini keyboard and changing emoji insertion points. It also adds the ability to drag a finger through the space bar to insert spaces rather than lift a finger from the screen. A new version of Hangouts then adds the ability to send and receive text messages within the Hangouts app. The Hangouts app now powers IM, SMS, and MMS conversations. It supports animated uh, GIFs, uh, GIFs and uh, location sharing and mood status. All are free apps uh, and free downloads. Uh, the folks behind the Pebble smartwatch this week announcing that it is now capable of interacting with all alerts and notifications on iOS devices. The Pebble allows users to manage incoming notifications such as calls, texts, and emails. The updated companion app application now pushes notifications from any app that is enabled with iOS 7 Notification Center to the Pebble smartwatch. The new notifications include calendar appointments, Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, and Flickr integrations, as well as updates from Flipboard, Dropbox, and other third-party apps. So this device is absolutely fascinating to me, and it always has been, but the physical size is just way too big for my little small wrists, and it still seems clunky to me. I, I, I just not sold on the actual implementation yet, but the concept I really do like. Yeah, I think the idea of it is uh, is pretty good too, and I like the you know taking a look at your notifications as they come through. Um, you know, I, I find myself getting just I get more annoyed by having to pull my phone out of my pocket, and then actually getting even a di- you know more annoyed when I take it out of my pocket because I don't want to keep pulling it out, put it on the desk, and then it vibrates on the desk because it's just an annoying noise. And I know everyone knows what that that noise is that they hear on their their desk if you're a desk office worker. It's it's crazy. Uh, and so anyway, I, I like this idea, but. Yeah, to your point, it's just it's not it's not quite there yet. We'll we'll see it hopefully very very soon. Finally, in software news, following the news a few weeks ago that Google would be allowing MMS uh, through the Google Voice service, users can now receive MMS messages from T-Mobile phone numbers. Incoming MMS messages will be pushed to Google Voice users' Gmail accounts, which will then generate a regular text message to the Google Voice number to notify the user about the multimedia content. Google Voice users cannot yet send MMS messages or receive MMS from a AT&T or Verizon. Broader MMS is coming with uh, to Google Voice later this year. This is a total workaround, and it's it's kind of disappointing. But at the same time, I just feel like this is something that should have been able to be done a long time ago. Just figure out a way to take the content that's coming in to the the, the numbers or the servers, and then just send that out in, in a in email or something like that. This is just it seems like this is such a, 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 a like I said a workaround. Yeah, it's a, it's a hack that's not very good. I mean, MMS should be pretty much standard by by uh, this year now, right? Uh, we're it's coming to the end of 2013. How can we not have this capability yet in Google Voice? It's, it is disappointing. I mean, I did have it work for me for a while after I left Sprint, but as you confirmed, Mickey, you tried to send a message to me, and I just don't get anything. I don't get any notification that any message came through at all, which is even more disappointing than not because if i get a uh, if i if they sent me a message saying an mms was sent to you by this person you know i could at least reply to them and say i did not get your you know your message email to me or or whatever uh, but there's just, it's just nothing and whatever the technical limitation is i i i argue that we could be figuring out something better think back to 2007 the original iphone it didn't receive mms 
But when someone sent you one, it sent you a text message that said, someone has sent you an MMS, here's a link to go and view it. And that's really all they would need to do is just have it so that the, the image is stored somewhere in the Google cloud, and then they just send you a link and you can go and see it. Because that's all that matters. You don't necessarily need to have it come to the phone. It should be easier than what we're trying to do here. Yeah, and that's the way it was with Sprint for years for the phones I had. They, that uh, it, That's right. It sent you that link for MMS sent messages. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I just figure that they should be able to get this done a little bit easier. But either way, if you're with T-Mobile and you happen to be sending someone an MMS that has Google Voice, they will now get something. Uh, <laughs> they will get a, a notification. It's not, it's not a regular MMS like we want it to be, but it's something. They get something. So there you go. Couple questions here this week. First one comes to us from Kevin. He says, "Mickey, uh, you've talked about getting a Nexus Five. I know you were on Verizon. They don't offer the phone. I'm interested in which model you're thinking about getting and just how you get uh, would get it set up. Uh, I've done a little research and I found that the SIM from Verizon will work in the Nexus Five. It just won't make calls. Is there a way to get the Sprint version of the phone, then root it and have the uh, to basically have it trick uh, the carrier?" Uh, thanks for everything, Kevin. Uh, well, Kevin, first off, yes, technically you could pop in a Verizon LTE SIM into the Nexus 5 and get 4G data. However, it's going to be on the AWS frequencies only. This is what we have uh, with band 4 support. Uh, the phone supports LTE band 4, but not band 13. Band 13 is what the main band that Verizon is using right now. That's the 700 megahertz band. It's 95% of the Verizon network is running on band 13, which the phone does not see. So you're not going to get very, very widespread coverage. It's going to be a very small segment. You're going to have to be in one of the places that AWS has already been rolled out. And to be honest with you, it's probably not even worth your time because uh, it's only in select areas and so most of the time you're going to have no service because keep in mind it's not going to fall back on anything else uh, after that as well it's not like it's going to go to 3g or something it's just going to be no service also verizon will not likely give you um, a sim for another unauthorized device so um, don't you have to have this activated somewhere else if you actually were to be able to do it um, you know it's kind of think about what's happened with the nexus 7 at this point you can't just go and buy a nexus 7 and get a the SIM from them. They just, they will not do it. You have to have a proper device for them to give you a SIM card for. Um, I did this at one point where I was using a, a SIM. It was a, a, a or we'll call it a full size mini SIM, the old standard traditional style or size of SIM. I was using that uh, or I had one and I wanted to use it between a number of different devices. One of those devices was uh, a micro SIM. And so the lo- least common denominator was to have a micro SIM and then use an adapter when I wanted to put it in something with a mini SIM size. Well, uh, so I went to Verizon and tried to get them to do this for me. And I, th- unfortunately, they said, well, you know, we, we, we can't do that because we have to have it. The size of the SIM is corresponding to the device that it's going to be in. And I said, okay, so if I were to cut this down myself and I happen to screw it up, you can give me another full-size SIM as a replacement. They said, oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, ultimately, I ended up cutting it, and I was had no problems with it and moved on with life, and everything was good. But uh, they're, 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 they're not going to give you one if it's not an authorized device. So I can tell you that from personal experience. Um, the lack of CDMA support on Verizon means you won't get traditional mobile phone calls uh, and be able to use text on it through traditional methods. Reading the device isn't going to get you there either. There may be a way that someone can figure out how to work uh, to get it to work since there is CDMA in the Sprint version, uh, but it's not going to be a very consumer-friendly approach. It's going to be some pretty uh, pretty big hacking here. It's not just rooting the device. It's not that simple. 
Yeah, bass bands and all this stuff would have to be done. I mean, I, I would pro- you'd probably have to go over to XDA developers to really find some uh, workarounds and, and really look over the Nexus 5 forums to see if it is... Po- I mean, it could be possible because it is a Nexus, so there's a better chance of it, but it that would be pretty rough because... Uh, because you know CDMA devices, even though it has a, a SIM card, which makes it will probably make it much easier than the days of old, where you had to have the 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 ESN in it. But I don't know. This this could be real tough. But here's the deal: if the the SIM card is only as good as having it basically activate on the LTE network. So if you're not in an area that has LTE service, I don't know that this is going to work. And the alternative is to use that ESN to activate it on Verizon, which unless it's an ESN on a device that is in their system, they're not going to do it. It's just, unfortunately, Kevin, it's, it is, I'm sure it is technically possible because it is a device that has CDMA in it, but it's not realistically possible for anyone to really get this done. So if you were going to get a Nexus 5, Mickey, you would go the T-Mobile route. Absolutely would go T-Mobile. I just don't need another plan that offers me voice minutes. I've got one of those. And so and not to mention, I don't really talk that much anymore. So I could I could easily figure out the $30 a month plan. T-Mobile is who I would go with uh, just because it is the cheapest and it offers a good amount of data, at least enough data that I would feel comfortable with it. Straight talk is another good option. But to be honest, you get more data for, uh, you know, for the T-Mobile side. You can't tether, uh, so you can't uh, share that other than I think it's 100 megs or something like that. But uh, it's still, it's a pretty good deal for if you're doing things like streaming and stuff like that. There's You've got a, a nice chunk. Five gigs is a good amount a month uh, for a single device. So I would absolutely say that you'd be you'd be fine to go with that uh, if that's what you were going to do. So that that is uh, ultimately the plan is to go with T-Mobile if I decide to switch over. Finally, uh, we've got a uh, question here from Patrick. He says, Mickey and Joey, how secure is BBM uh, on the iOS and Android compared to services like what? app or other messaging applications is it any better on the iphone i how do i send also second question on the iphone how do i send sms using my google number i.e showing my google number to the recipient and not my real phone number Um, also i'd like to comment about using verizon lte phones on a gsm carrier i think there is a few uh, discussion on this a few episodes back i have a verizon galaxy s3 and there is no option to switch to gsm in the network settings in touch TouchWiz, the stock version. But when I install CyanogenMod, the option is there and my AT&T SIM card works just fine. I also have a Motorola Droid M. Uh, there is an option to use GSM global mode in the network settings in the stock firmware. I don't remember the exact message, but it won't accept my AT&T SIM card. Installing CyanogenMod didn't help either. The option is there to use GSM, but the AT&T SIM simply does not work. I've called Verizon and they told me that the device is a world phone and is already unlocked. So I conclude that there is a the SIM slot is US carrier locked from Motorola. Um, always a uh, great show and more power. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, that's frustrating with that uh, carrier lock or the, the U.S. carrier lock or they, they disable the bands for the U.S. I, I'm not sure exactly how they've done it, but sometimes that, that happens because I know we had some older devices where they, they didn't have the domestic bands for GSM in the device. Uh, but now with the 3G's all over the place, I don't know if that's uh, relevant anymore or, or what they're exactly doing or if they're just putting in the, the SIM IDs of the local T-Mobile and AT&T networks and just blocking them outright. 
I'm, I'm thinking it's probably the latter and that's not a difficult thing to do. And quite honestly, I, you, you can't really blame them for this. I, I feel like it, you know, uh, I would imagine at some point you can, uh, you may run into an issue if you want to use the phone with one of the carriers, but I find that to be probably fairly rare. I mean, unless you're taking a device, uh, you know, your device and, and maybe leaving Verizon altogether and, and going to a prepaid carrier, let's just say maybe at that point you would want to do it. Uh, but my guess is, is that you're in, in this case with the droid M, you're going to probably run into an issue here. It is interesting that Samsung did, however, work, uh, but a Motorola device didn't. So, uh, yeah, it does sound like there's something very specific with that Motorola device that's doing that. Uh, going back to the first part of it for the BBM versus other messaging apps question. I think the answer is how much do you really trust the companies that are offering the service? Personally, um, I would trust BBM over WhatsApp, but you know, that's just me. Um, as far as if it's more secure, um, you know, it's, 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 they're probably both encrypted in certain in certain regards that are going to offer you, you know, some protection there. But again, it's it's going through a, a company's servers and, and they could track if they wanted to or use that information. Yeah, they claim they can't read your messages, but I just I just don't buy that at all. And of course, you know, BlackBerry being kind of a centralized uh, thing, that's a big target. And I would imagine that uh, the NSA has their taps into their system as well. So if you're trying to avoid them, I, I wouldn't go with BBM either. But personally, I would definitely go with BBM over WhatsApp or something else, uh, as you mentioned. I mean, I'm using iMessage with you, Mickey, mostly, and then SMS for everything else. I don't have any other chat protocols I use uh, at all. So it's just those. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of the same way. And I think it's just, you know, again, just going off of, you know, what's going to be the easiest and simplest. And, you know, I even sometimes get annoyed when I get messages on Facebook uh, or, you know, Google voice or what not voice, Google talk, I guess it's called. Um, it's, I don't know. Cause it's not, it's just not nearly as easy to use as, as the others here. So uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting though. I think that the idea of bringing on uh, another application onto your device, I, and I do have BBM, uh, on the iPhone now, but I've, and I've got two contacts and outside of the day that I installed the application and tested the, you know, sending in messages, I haven't heard anything from them. And, uh, I don't expect to hear anything from them anytime soon. That was October 22nd, uh, when <laughs> that was done. So I've now gone, whatever is 22 days or whatever, and, uh, 18 days and not used it. So, um, yeah, not using that a whole lot. Don't know that I'll keep that installed for all that much longer. On the uh, the other part of it, he's uh, asking about Google Voice on the iPhone. Um, if you use the Google Voice application, that's probably the easiest way to go to send to send messages. Um, it also allows you to uh, initiate text from there. And if you set it up uh, to have text message delivery to your phone from uh, for responses then uh, you'll have a, a text come from a random number that they've texted from and it will tell you who is sending. It'll say like Mickey Papillon dash and then the message and so, but from some random number. Once you respond to that in the messages uh, application on, on the iPhone, you're going to have your messages show up from your Google Voice number on that other person's phone. Okay, so I'm gonna, yeah, I've got to elaborate on a bunch of the stuff you just said, Mickey. In order to have it show the name like you described coming from Mickey Papillon Dash and the message, you have to have that contact and their mobile number in your Google Contacts. So right. if you don't have that, all it'll do is show their phone number prepended by the the dash and then the rest of the text message. So you have, if you don't know the number, you won't really know who it is because it'll show from a, uh, from like you said, a random phone number. 
and then also for replying, you can definitely do that. And it shows my Google Voice. This is what I do because I use Google Voice, you know, 99% of the time on my phone. So I, I have all this uh, kind of set up all these workarounds that you need to do. So I have every once in a while, I dump my contacts out of Outlook because that's where I, you know, keep my contacts uh, regularly. Uh, so I dump them, batch them into Google. So the contacts are updated. So I'll see the correct name uh, on people when they do text me from uh, from uh, my Google Voice number. So then for, like you said, if you do, if they do text you and you see their, their random phone number, you can add that to the contact list. So that's what I do. I usually put it under home facts because nobody has a home facts. So that's my Google, that's my Google voice number that I need to call them on because you can do direct calls. If you call that number, you can call them directly and it shows they, on their caller ID, they see your Google voice number. And then of course it works much better because then when they text me, then I see them as a contact uh, so it looks normal in the iMessage app for SMS. Um, so that's pretty much the the vast majority of how you can do that. And then, of course, to call them, you can initiate a call through the Google Voice app, and then it'll put that number, it'll dial that phone number, and then you can go back to your phone app and store that number in their contact list as well. So you don't need to wait for them to send you a text message. Yeah, and this this is, uh, you know, all of this is makes a lot of sense when you're doing a lot of calling and a lot of texting for these for these people. Um, the other thing that I will say, though, is that it's it's all, I think, based on the the idea that they have. They are getting your caller ID when you're calling or texting that particular number, which is then st- uh, probably owned or managed by the Google server. So absolutely. Yes, here's it's, the, it's 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 permanent for that contact for, for that you, contact from yep. your cell phone. Yes, right from your Google. Yep, exactly. So here, here, here's why that's important: is if you have, if you store home facts uh, as that number, and in Joey's scenario, let's say he's doing it in Outlook, um, you can't just be sitting at your your home or your desk then and call that number from your home or desk phone expecting it to get to that person showing up as your Google voice number because it's expecting you to be doing it from your mobile phone number. So it's probably going to be there's going to be something happens that happens there. But that's a good thing to try, which I have not done. I should do it for my work phone, which is attached to my Google Voice account. I don't use it to, to receive incoming calls, but it may see that and know it's me because of the numbers attached on my account. I've got to try that. I, and I, my guess is that it will. Um, I, I think it's probably that's it's smart enough to do that. Um, but the but yeah, if you pick up a random phone, I actually don't even know what it would do, to be honest with you. So it's kind of an interesting question. Um, we'll have to try it. Yeah, I, well, I'm scared. I don't know where it's going to go. It may just explode. <laughs> it says it says your call. It's gonna. I mean, it probably just routes you to a, a you know cannot complete this call or something yeah. message. I'm, I'm imagining. So, uh, but it is it is kind of crazy uh, just how that all works. But yeah, Joey's absolutely right. That's a good way to do it. I do that, um, or I used to do that a lot more. Um, I've gotten a little bit away from using my Google Voice number because of uh, with, just with certain people and the people that I'm calling most i just use my regular number uh anymore but i still i had someone this week asked me for it and of course i i didn't want them to have my actual cell phone so i gave it out so it's it's still in use uh for for very sure well if you have any questions or comments for us you can uh, send us an email to questions at the cell phone junkie.com that's probably the easiest way or you can give us a call 206-203-3734 uh that will allow you to leave a message for us and we will get that uh voicemail and play it on a future episode joey thank you very much as always, for your time, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com. <laughs>